Hi everybody, I'm Bill Cloud and welcome once again to Hebrew Treasures. In this installment, we're going to discuss the word Elul, which is actually the name of the Hebrew month, the sixth Hebrew month, counting from a V, which occurs in the spring. So then, why are we looking at a word that's a month, and it's a word that actually only occurs once in the scripture, and is probably, at least according to some scholars, derived from a word that is of foreign origin. Well, here's why. Because this month, Elul, has a lot to say about who we are, who God is, and how we are to approach Him. For instance, one translation of this word Elul is nothingness, or to be empty, which is, if you think about it, how we are when we're without God and when we're separated from Him. We're empty. There's a state of nothingness. But secondly, it also speaks to how we are to approach God. That is, we are to be empty of ourselves so that we can be full of Him. Now, as we begin, I want to read to you the one and only verse where the word Elul occurs in Scripture and is found in Nehemiah chapter 6. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. And it happened, when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Now the wall that's being referred to here, of course, is the wall around Jerusalem. And the city of Jerusalem at this time had basically laid dormant or empty in a state of nothingness because God's people had been in exile. And why were they in exile? Well, because they had refused to repent of their sins, and that leads us back to the word or the month called Elul, because it is in the month of Elul that we are earnestly called to repentance. That is because the holy days are coming, Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, etc. And so Elul is a time that provokes us to consider ourselves, our actions, our attitudes, and then compare them to what the Creator expects of us. And just what is it that the Creator expects from us? Well, the prophet Micah has this to say. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And of course, as we consider that list, too many times we find that we fail to meet His requirements. And that fact, too, is revealed to us in the word Elul, or to be more specific, in what is presumed to be the root of the word Elul, and that is Alal. And that's spelled, reading from right to left, Aleph, Lamid, Lamid. And this root word, Alal, is interpreted as meaning to be weak, feeble, insufficient, even to fail in something. And of course, when we consider that meaning and then compare it to ourselves, it's obvious what the connection is. Because when we consider how we measure up to God's standards and God's instructions, we see that oftentimes, most of the time, we come up short. We fail. And why? Because we're weak. You know, the Messiah told Peter, the Spirit's willing, but the flesh, it's weak. So this aspect then leads us to another aspect of this root word, that is to lament or to feel woe. Because when I consider that I am feeble, when I consider that I am weak, then I begin to lament. And so an example of this uh, aspect of the word alal is found in the book of Job, 
chapter 10, and it says this, if I am wicked, woe to me. And that word woe is the Hebrew alai, which is spelled aleph, lamed, lamed, yud. It comes from that same root. And he goes on and he says, even if I am righteous, I cannot lift up my head. I am full of disgrace. See my misery. And so his point seems to be, at least this is my take on it, the best of men don't consistently measure up to God's standards. Even those who are trying and striving to walk upright before God will fall short at times. The prophet Micah uses this exact same term that Job used, and he refers to himself as the last of the summer fruit, which kind of alludes to the season of Elul. And the reason he says this is because he observes that righteous men are nowhere to be found. And so, woe. We feel this lamentation because we consider our condition when we compare it to God's standards. And so then, once again, Elul is that time when we are to consider that condition. And we consider our plight, and most importantly, what needs to happen to bring us back to God or to bring us closer to God. Now, it's interesting to consider that the word Elul, as it appears in Hebrew, that is Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. When we reverse that, in other words, read it Lamed, Vav, Lamed, Aleph, is a word that should be pronounced lule, and that word means were it not for. So just once again, where you take the word elul, reverse the order, and it gives us a word, lule, that means were it not for. Now here's the, the inference. How different life would be were it not for all those mistakes I made? How much better, perhaps, life would be were it not for the stupid thing that I did way back when. Now, there was a famous saying by George Santayana, and he said this. You've probably heard it. Those who do not learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. Soren Kierkegaard said this. I hope I said that word or that name correctly. He said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. And so here's what I'm trying to say, taking these two comments from these gentlemen. When we consider the word Elul and what that means as far as measuring our condition and comparing it to God's standards, and we reverse the order of that, uh, that word Elul, it gives us this Hebrew word that means were it not for. That's looking backward to observe those past mistakes and, and to learn from history. Why? so as not to repeat those mistakes. And so when we consider the word Elul and what it means to us, we see the, the concept is, um, is echoed in these observations that these men made. Now, Paul added another layer to this concept with these words from the letter he wrote to the Philippians. He said this, "'Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Messiah Yeshua. And so what Paul says here is, or this is what I glean from it, 
while we must contemplate our past actions and learn from our mistakes, we shouldn't dwell on them and say, woe is me. We don't live in the past. We have to look forward. The observation that the one man made, that you know, we, we learn about life from the past, but life has to be lived forward. Well, basically, that's what Paul seems to be saying. And so then we must commit ourselves to not repeating the disobedience of the past, to turn from our sins, and then purpose to walk in obedience to the Messiah. We're going forward. Because when we realize our feeble and weak nature, our failures, we should be provoked to repentance and therefore move forward. Or shall I say, return to our Father. Now that brings us to the place where we, and I'm now referring to another interpretation of the root word Allah, that's where we come to the place that we abandon and deny ourselves those worthless things, those things that have distracted us. And let me read this scripture for you from Leviticus chapter 26. It says this, You shall not make idols for yourself. And that Hebrew word is elelim, for I am the Lord your God. Now, the word elelim is translated here as idols or false gods, but the literal meaning is good for nothing, worthless. And so really what he is saying is you shouldn't embrace things that are worthless. You shouldn't embrace nothingness. Let go of the worthless things. Let go of the empty things that we might be joined to what is most valuable, and that is a thriving relationship with the Almighty. Which now brings us to this point. Solomon said this, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Now in Hebrew it says this, Ani le dodi vedodi li. Now I want you to look closely at the Hebrew rendering of this and if you look closely, you're going to see that the first letter in each of those Hebrew words, which is Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, it spells the word Elul. So what I'm getting at is this. When we come to that place in our lives, when we turn from those empty things, those vain things, those things that are, have, that are nothingness, we're provoked to return to our Father. And we come into that relationship that is fruitful, and we can say, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine, it, it alludes back to the, uh, the concept that we find in the word Elul. So suggesting to us that to be in this close relationship with the Creator, we must acknowledge the lessons that we find in Elul. Now, there's another root word that is related to the word Elul, linguistically, that is, which speaks of what occurs when we are in this relationship. And that root word is pronounced alal, same way, but it's spelled slightly differently. Instead of an aleph, it is ayin lamid lamid. And that root word means to develop with the connotation of developing fruit, because that's what happens when we're in this relationship with God. We produce fruit. In fact, the Akkadian version of this particular word means harvest, but more literally it means the time when the produce of the land is brought in. The Aramaic equivalent of this root word, alal, means he brought in. Now get this, the Arabic equivalent means he put in, 
or he thrust in, with the emphasis being placed on harvest. And understanding that, here's what comes to mind. In the book of Revelation, we see this. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And so he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. So we understand that the time of Elul, the month of Elul, reminds us that Judgment Day is coming. The fall feasts are approaching, as well as the day of the ingathering. And therefore, as believers, we must produce good fruit because the Lord of the harvest is soon to thrust in His sickle to reap that harvest. Now, in order for us to produce good fruit, we must be diligent to turn from our worthless things and to walk in a way that is conducive to life, that is, God's ways. And thus it becomes paramount that we understand how we are to walk in a way that produces that good fruit. And that, with that in mind, I want to read you this verse from Psalm 119. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law, or your Torah. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Now, the reason I read this to you is because the word understanding, and by the way, that could also mean discernment. It's the Hebrew word binah, and that's spelled from right to left, bet, yud, nun, he. Binah, which is again, understanding or discernment. So the psalmist is saying, if you'll give this to me, binah, understanding, discernment, then I will keep your law, because I need that understanding in order to keep your law. Interestingly, rabbinical works point out the fact that the numerical value of the word binah, bet yud nun he, which is 67, is equivalent to the numerical value of the word elul, aleph lamed vav lamed, also 67. So what does that mean to you and me? Perhaps it's just another way that is demonstrating to us that we have a necessity to embrace the lessons of elul and what it means to walk upright before the Creator. In other words, if we're going to turn from our worthless things, if we're going to turn from those things that have no value, we need to embrace that which has value, God's Word, God's ways, God's instructions. And we need understanding and how to do that so that we can produce that good fruit, so that we will be considered as being good fruit. In short, if we are truly living in the last days, then the Creator is soon to gather the fruit of His harvest. And so Elul is that season where He is preparing to do this and where we should be preparing to be counted as good fruit, meaning that we are to turn from our sins because Elul is the season of Teshuvah, repentance. And that's the word that we'll discuss next time. I hope that some of what we discussed has resonated within you, and we look forward to seeing you in our next installment of Hebrew Treasures. Until then, thanks for joining me. Like what you're hearing? 
become a Bill Cloud Premium Partner to watch or listen to hundreds of hours of teachings and resources on demand. Go to BillCloud.com slash subscribe to start watching today.